Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. So let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are infinitely generous and gracious and have poured out your blessings upon us. So Lord, we we just thank you that you are always, every single day, pouring out blessings. Please bless this time as we look at your word. Please open it up and please use your word to stir us to become generous, Lord, and and to, to imitate you and your generosity. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So because of all God has given to us and all God has done for us in all His generosity to us, we should be generous and imitate Him as well. So John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave, He gave His only Son so that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. God gave the greatest gift of all. He could not have given us anything more valuable, costly than His own Son. Think of all that God has done for us and given us through Jesus. God has forgiven all our sins, paid for all our sins. Jesus paid the price to redeem us, poured out His very blood to save us. God gave us salvation as a free gift in Jesus. God gave us eternal life. Who can put a price on that? But wait, there's more. God adopted us as His very children. God gave us His Spirit. God made us joint heirs with Christ, we are going to share in Jesus' infinite riches. I can't even fathom that. We are infinitely rich in Jesus. And when God saved us, He gave us not only the Holy Spirit, He gives us gifts of the Spirit. He gives us gifts of joy and peace and strength and protection and help. God is the ultimate giver. And so he calls us to imitate him in our tiny, finite ways. It says in James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God is a giver of gifts. Every good gift Think of all the ways God blesses us. I was, when I was working on this, I was just thinking our, our lives, our health, our families, our parents, our children, our grandchildren, if we have them, our friends, our church, our, our daily bread. Think of all the food we enjoy in this nation every One of these things is a gift. Our eyesight, our hearing, our sense of taste and touch and smell, all the blessings we enjoy in this nation. 
our homes or our apartments, cars, medical knowledge, treatments. I, I have a couple of friends who recently, and, and you know some people in this church, who have, because of the advances in modern medicine, are in remission from cancer. I have a friend who's in incredible remission, had, had horrible cancer, and because of God's blessing and kindness and goodness to this nation, think of all the other blessings we have. We have books to read and, and technology and uh, music. I was just thinking what a gift music is. I mean, that we can come in here and these, uh, the worship team leads us in music. I, I'm, I'm, lots of times during the day, I'm just singing songs. I have music coursing through my brain and it's just a gift from God beautiful weather sunshine in the morning our God is so generous he protects us he delivers us from evil he guides us he gives us the Bible his very word to lead us and bless us and encourage us so if God is so generous to us Oh, we should be generous. We should give to others in whatever ways we can. But there are even more reasons we should give to others. There is, some of you know this, there's this kind of false teaching out there called the prosperity gospel or prosperity theology or health and wealth. And they basically teach that it's God's will for us to always have Lots of wealth. If we give to maybe their ministry, if we speak positively, if we, if we claim it, name it and claim it. But God doesn't promise to make us rich if we give, but he, he promises that we will have great gain. And so in 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10, he says, but godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. So that's not the prosperity gospel. If we have food and clothing, that's a blessing. Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For love, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So why should we give? Why? What are some other reasons we should give besides the fact that God has been so generous to us? Well, when we give to others, it pleases God. And so Hebrews 13.16 says, Do not neglect to do good, to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So when we share what we have, it might not be money. It might be something else that we give to others or share with others. But with such sacrifices, those are pleasing to God. Now, I want to please God. I know you do too. You wouldn't be here if you didn't want to please God. And one of the ways we please God is when we share with others. 
Because when we give to others, especially to the poor and needy, we are giving to Jesus Himself. And so Jesus said, For I was hungry and you gave me food. This is going to be on Judgment Day. God will be saying this. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. So when we do some act of kindness, or we give to the poor, or we visit someone in prison, or, or whatever we do to bless someone, especially a believer, Jesus says, you're doing it to me. And I know from my life and different things I've done, it doesn't feel like you're doing it to Jesus sometimes. Sometimes you feel like, why am I bothering? <laughs> what is, nothing is happening <laughs> with this person. <laughs> but Jesus, on Judgment Day, I can't wait to see the rewards you guys are going to get for the things you've done to others. Another reason when we should give is because when we give, we are storing up eternal rewards in heaven. Jesus said in Luke 12, 33-34, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See, the Bible doesn't say if we give to the poor, we will be rich in this life. I believe we'll be richly blessed in this life when we give to the kingdom, when we give to the church, when we, when we give to the poor. But the thing that Jesus said is we're storing up treasures for ourselves in heaven where we can't lose them, where you're not going to have somebody break in and steal it. So when we give, that's another reason to give. It's to store up treasures in heaven. Matthew 19.21, Jesus said to the rich young man, if you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. God also promises that He is going to bless us when we give. See, these are all motivations on, on why we should give. Jesus said in Luke 6.38, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. In other words, God's going to give us more than we give. God's going to press it down. God's going to give us good measure, overflowing. He's going to give us more. Now, that, that doesn't mean 
God's going to repay us in the same way that if we give money, that God is going to pour out money pressed down, shaken over. But He will pour out blessings upon us. More blessings than we have given. It's a promise from God. And I want to I take a, a look and kind of walk through this next passage, 2 Corinthians 9, 6-15, because there's a lot about giving. Paul was encouraging them because they were giving to the Macedonian churches who were in poverty. And he says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So what Paul is doing is he's comparing us to a a farmer who's sowing seeds. If a farmer only sowed 20 seeds, a 20-foot row, he's not going to reap a whole lot. But if he sows and sows and sows acres and acres and acres, if he sows bountifully, he's going to reap bountifully. And I think that the principle is always that you're going to reap a whole lot more than you sow. That's the way nature works. You plant one seed and the tree comes up that produces many, many apples. Or you one corn seed and it produces more than one ear of corn on the stock. So the point is, is be generous as much as you can. If you just sow a little, you'll reap a little. But sow generously, bountifully. And then he says, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This is the way we are to give. Cheerfully. Gladly. Not, all right. I want my money. Church needs my money. Here it is. There it is. All right, poor person needs my money. Okay, here it is. No, we should sow cheerfully. And we, I'm so grateful that we, we have never felt like we ever should pressure anybody into giving. I'm so grateful. In fact, I probably, I was probably overly reluctant all my years. But we shouldn't give out of pressure. I have a friend who was serving as a, a, a worship leader in the church for a while in Vancouver. And he said this pastor pressured people to give. He said one Sunday, he said something like this. I know that there are 10 people in this congregation who can give $10,000. I know that there are five people, 50 people who can give $5,000. And he basically said, if I don't receive $10,000 by the end of the message today, by the end of the service today, I'm going to have to let some of our staff go. I mean, that's, that's not the way to motivate forgiving. That's, that's giving out of compulsion. So God wants us to, to give cheerfully, gladly, And then he says, God is able to make all grace abound to you. See, he's talking about giving. 
So he says, if you give and if you give cheerfully, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he is distributed freely. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. So one of the ways we reap when we give to the kingdom of God, when we give to the poor, when we give to the Lord, is he causes grace to abound to us so that we abound in every good work. So we, keep, we just keep doing more for the Lord. So it's not necessarily that if we give money to the Lord that He gives us money back, but one of the ways He blesses us for giving is He causes us to abound <laughs> in grace and abound in every good work. So God opens more doors for us to serve Him. Then he says, He who who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now, what happens when we give to the kingdom, when we give to the Lord, when we give to the poor, He causes a, a harvest to increase. And so, what happens, it might mean that people get saved. For example, when we give to the church, it enables the pastors to have time to study God's Word and prepare God's Word and preach the Gospel And that leads to people being saved. And so our giving increases in a harvest. If we give to a missionary, give to the missionaries, they then are able to go out, share the gospel, people get saved, there's a harvest of righteousness. And you may think, well, I I didn't go out. I didn't go to that other country, but I really believe on, on the day when God rewards His people that if we have been supporting someone in their, that part of that harvest, God's going to bless us for our giving to them. And then it says, by their approval of this service, they will glorify God. He's talking about the people, the poor people in Macedonia who received their gifts. It says, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the Gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for His inexpressible gift. He says, they will glorify God because of the way you submitted to the gospel and gave to them to support them. And so our giving can glorify God. And then he says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So God is not necessarily saying that if we sow Money will reap money. He's just saying we will reap. And so, 
it doesn't necessarily mean that we always give money. How, how are we to give? I, I love there's, there's this passage in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9, that talks about this woman who gave, and listen to this. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. I knew that. I knew if you translate Tabitha, it means Dorcas. She was full, listen to this, she was full of good works and, char- and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. See, she was generous and she was giving, but, but they didn't say she gave us so much money while she was alive. She, she, they said, look at this, this tunic that she made for us. She used her talents and she used her gifts to bless others and to sow. So you might say, I don't have any money. I don't have much money, maybe. But there's so many ways people in this church have blessed me over the years and each other making meals for someone. You know, taking, taking care of someone's car, fixing their car, all kinds of ways that people have blessed others using their talents and gifts. Tabitha was full of good works and acts of charity. Maybe you can give somebody a ride. Maybe you could just give somebody a book. There's all kind of ways we can give. And so, who should we give to? Well, we should give to the church, give to the poor, give to missionaries, give to people in need. They don't necessarily even have to be Christians, or we don't necessarily even know. I mean, there there have been times I know that people have been in a city somewhere and someone who is obviously a drug addict asks them for money. And they have said, well, let me do this. I'll take you into this restaurant and buy you a meal. If we're concerned, you know, that maybe if we give them money, they're going to go out and buy drugs, we can always just go take them and buy them a meal. There's all kinds of ways that we can bless people we should give to our church, the local church. We should give to missionaries. And we obviously have a missionary page on our website where we have ministries and missionaries that advance the gospel. And so, just to support this, Galatians 6.6 6 says, One who is taught the Word must share all good things with the one who teaches. If we have, And in 1 Corinthians 9.11, if we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? And then 1 Corinthians 9.14, in the same way the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. So it's totally within God's will, and, and it is God's will, that we give to our local church to those who preach the gospel, those who teach the gospel, to support our church. 
And it's also totally obeying God's word to give to missionaries, those who proclaim the gospel. The Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living. So we're obeying the Bible when we give to missionaries. And we certainly are when we give to the poor. And there are mercy ministries like Compassion and Mercy Ships and World Vision. And we have some that we support as a church. And that's giving to the Lord. When we give to ministries like Life Choices and Life Way, you know, they're, they're seeking to save lives and sh they share the gospel with many of the ladies they serve. So because of all that God has given us and because he commands us and because he promises that when we give, he will bless us in so many ways that we cannot even fathom, we should give. So let's pray. Lord, Lord Jesus, we, we need your help. We ask for your help. Would you please make each of us, make me, make each of us the most generous people we can possibly be. Help us, Lord, to be always desiring to bless others. Help us, Lord, to be generous and giving like you are. We need your help. We can't do it on our own, but pour out your grace on us to do this, Lord, we pray. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.